welcome back to Old Iron Talk. I'm your host, Callie Gurton. And I'm your producer, Michaela. And today we are talking with Eric Larson. Eric has been collecting antique cars, tractors, and some hit or miss engines since he's retired. He has some awesome YouTube videos that we encourage everyone to go check out after you watch our podcast that he does a really good job of putting together during his restorations. Some of the awesome items that he's collected include a Fordson F, a Willys Jeep, and then a Fairbanks Morris engine. Michaela, I know you're really into Jeeps. What do you think about the Willys Jeep? I'm actually very excited to hear about the Willys Jeep because, yes, me and my husband are very much into Jeeping. And I actually thought of something to share with you that's kind of a tractor fact. So, did you know that the Jeeps were used in the 1940s as tractors? I did not know that, no. They actually came out with a Jeep tractor in the 1950s. That's very cool. Well, maybe we'll have to look up some more information about those. That is awesome. Yes, Michaela's really into Jeeps, so I know you're going to be excited about learning about his Willie's Jeep. But we're excited to show you guys his collection and talk about what he has done along the way. So let's get to chatting with Eric. All right, so we're here with Eric Larson today, and Eric has um, built his collection with tractors, antique vehicles, and some hit or miss engines. Eric, how did you kind of get started with the collecting hobby? Were you did you grow up on a farm? What got you interested in the different aspects that you've chosen to collect? Well, I'm not a farmer. Um, but I've been interested in old cars my whole life. And uh, when we retired about five years ago, um, we moved out to the country with some property and I needed uh, a tractor to kind of help us with property maintenance mm-hmm. and chores and things. So because I was already into old cars, I wanted to get an old tractor. Okay. I didn't want to get something new. That's no fun, right? <laughs> Gotta have something so, to work on. Yeah. <laughs> so I got the first tractor and, uh, that kind of started the obsession with the tractors for me, because I like I say, I was already into cars. Mm-hmm. Once I got that first tractor, I was hooked. And then in the last five years, I've had 11 tractors since then. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So you caught the bug for sure then. I did. I love it. It's fun. So you said you're into cars first. What was your first purchase? Uh, my first antique vehicle was a 1923 Ford Model T. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I've still got four Model Ts currently, and uh, they're kind of like the old tractors. They they require a lot of maintenance, mm-hmm. and uh, they're relatively simple to work on. I enjoy it. I like driving them. I like working on them. What all? Okay, so do you still have the one that you originally bought, or have you sold that one? I still have it. You do still have it. Okay, when you got it, what kind of condition was that in? It was, um, I had pretty good uh, paint, it looked pretty good, you know, from a distance, but it had a lot of mechanical issues that I was not aware of. Okay. And uh, not too much longer after that, the motor failed. Oh. <laughs> so I learned real quick about those engines and how to fix them and everything mm-hmm. else. So, yeah. So I had to get the, uh, I wasn't um, ready yet to rebuild my own Ford Model T motor. So I had that one uh, rebuilt and okay. uh, it's, it's in good condition now. And was that like a local purchase or where did you find that one? That was a local purchase through a friend of a friend. Okay. Yeah. So I got it for a pretty good price. I thought it was in better condition than it was, but mm-hmm. that happens. Sometimes. It does. Yes, that does happen. Yeah. 
So you said that one, you had somebody else rebuild the engine, but since then, have you done a rebuild on one of your Model Ts yourself? Um, I have not done any engine rebuilds, but like I say, they require a lot of maintenance and a lot of repairs. Mm -hmm. So I've done just about everything else that, you know, that you need to do on a car. Uh, wheels, um, ignition systems, carburetors, okay. you, know, you, you name it. I've done pretty much everything except rebuild one of those old engines. Okay. Yeah. Well, very cool. And have you kind of self-taught yourself? Did you have somebody help you along the way? Or how did you learn how to do all that stuff? Uh, well, like I said, I've been into old cars all my life. So I kind of picked up um, a little bit of knowledge throughout my life here and there. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to research. When when something needs to be done or something needs to be fixed, I really dive into it. I really do a lot of research and take my time on it. And for me, you know, being retired and not having a time frame to fix mm -hmm. these things, I really take my time and try to do it right. So well, I don't try to rush anything. I try to make sure I understand what I'm doing before I dive in. Well, that's probably a good thing. That probably helps you in the long run. So <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. Okay, so now in addition to the Model Ts, I know you also said at some point, I don't know if you still have it, but I believe you said in one of your YouTube videos it was your cousin's, the Willie's Jeep. Yes, that's uh, that's my current project. That's a okay. 1952 Willie's 4x4 Jeep truck. And that's something that's sort of um, out of my wheelhouse a little bit because it's not necessarily an antique like the Model Ts are, but mm -hmm. it's still and it's still, um, it still requires a lot of maintenance and everything else. So I'm currently going through that bumper to bumper mechanically, make sure everything works. And if it doesn't work, I'm fixing it. Okay. And then when I get through the mechanical restoration, if you will, um, we're going to think about what we want to do aesthetically, like paint mm -hmm. job or not, or what. But you know, all that stuff is very expensive. So yes, yeah. just going slowly a little bit at a time, but it's a really fun project. And it's, it's a cool car. I like it. What is the biggest challenge you have faced with that one? With the wheelies? Yes. Um, well, I'm just about ready to uh, do the brakes on that. Mm -hmm. And even though I haven't started that project, I'm saying that's going to be the biggest challenge so far. It's just, um, those old drums when they, you know, when you haven't taken them off the vehicle for 50 years, let's mm -hmm. say they're, they're hard to get off. Things are rusty. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a challenge. Um, but besides that I did have, as soon as I got the truck, I had to take the engine out right away and replace the ring gear on the flywheel because the teeth were all kind of messed up and they weren't okay. engaging with the starter. So right off the bat, I had to dive in and pull the engine and, um, uh, so that was a bit of a challenge. I would imagine so. I did see that on your YouTube, and I thought um, it was very entertaining to watch when you were putting it on your grill to warm it up to the right temperature. Um, yeah. Very innovative, I would say. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> that was a total experiment. I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not, yeah. but perfectly. So I was, I was so happy with that. That was very cool. Um, okay, I've got to ask, though. I didn't get completely through the video. I know when you were putting it back together, I saw that you had forgotten to do a step. What was the step that you forgot when you were going to put that back on the engine? So on the Willys motor, um, there's, I call it a backing plate. It's a piece of 
tin. It's a piece of metal that goes between the engine and the transmission. Okay. And its its function is to kind of um, align the engine with the transmission. That's where the the a lot of the mounting bolts go through. Okay. So and it goes behind the flywheel. And unfortunately, I had put the flywheel on with the pressure plate and the clutch and all did all that work. And then I got done. It's like, oh, I forgot the backing plate. Oh, and and no. I had the engine all the way in the truck. Oh, no. So I had to pull it back out, you know, put it back on the ground, take all that stuff off, and then put the backing plate on. So that oh, was a, no. frustrating, but we got her done in the end. I would imagine so. That would be very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. So you said growing up, you always had like a love for the antique cars. So when you guys moved, what was your first antique tractor purchase? The first antique tractor was a 1947 uh, Ford 2N. Um, and in very original condition, still, it was still all gray. Um, it had not wow. been modified. It was still six volts. Um, and most of the systems on it worked when I got it. I was able to get it and then start using it around the property right away. Okay. Um, I still have that tractor today. It's one of my most reliable tractors that I own. Um, I have had to do some work on that. I had to replace the radiator, um, you know, clean the carburetor, you know, some ignition system stuff. But mm -hmm. overall, it's been a really good tractor. Well, good. What kind of things do you use it for? Do you use that as like a mowing tractor, a chore tractor? What all do you use it for? Yeah, well, it's funny because when I, <laughs> when I first got that, that was the only tractor we had. So I used it for, um, I had a, a big uh, brush hog for mowing mm -hmm. our fields. I had a rear blade for uh, scraping our driveway and, and grading the driveway. And I had a, uh, I have this Ferguson transport box, which is kind of a interesting thing. It's like a, a tote or like a, almost like a truck bed that you can attach to the back of the tractor and you can tote wood in that and all kinds okay. of other things. So when we first got that tractor, I used it for all that stuff and more. And then when I started getting other tractors, unfortunately, I'm using the Ford 2N less and less now because I have other tractors and bigger ones for mm -hmm. heavier duty operations, you know. Very cool. Well, that's good. I'm glad it's been a neat and utility tractor even for you. So that's good. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I saw too, you said you had a 1924 Fordson F. Is that correct? Yes, that's one of my favorites. I bet. That's a pretty cool tractor. When did you get that one? I got that, I want to say, four or five years ago. That was also very um, soon after we moved to this new property, after we retired. And the Fordson F is special to me because it was made in the same era as the Model T. Mm -hmm. You know, the, model, the same time the Model Ts were being built, it was being built. And I knew that I wanted one for a few years and uh, I was checking, I check the ads all the time. I'm kind mm -hmm. of a nerd that way too. Facebook marketplace and Craigslist and all that stuff. Yeah. And a Fordson F just popped up on Facebook marketplace one day, like 15 minutes from my house. And uh, I had to go look at it. Mm -hmm. It was, it was completely um, left to rot, left to die out in a field. It was all, it was just rusting away. The engine was seized. Oh, but I bought it anyway, and uh, I got it back to life. I saved it from the grave. So well, and it's awesome. still, it runs and drives today. Did you do just a mechanical restoration to that, or did you do any painting or anything like that with it? I just did the mechanical work. Okay. Um, you know, it was all pretty rusty, and 
I'm such a lover of these old tractors. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, they don't all have to be shiny and pretty to be appreciated. I agree. Right? Yeah, I agree. So this one in particular, it was, it's very, very old. And I just wanted to leave it that way. I just wanted to sort of pervert, you know, I just uh, preserve history mm -hmm. with that one. And uh, I didn't feel like painting it. Well, that's awesome. I I like when, as people say, they're in like their original work clothes. So I like that you left it. The yeah, way that there it you is. go. Yep, I like that. Now with the Fordson F tractors, can you tell everybody why were those referred to as MOM or MOM tractors? Yes, MOM or MOM uh, refers to Ministry of Munitions. Those were the, if I'm correct in this, those were the very first Fordson Fs that were ever made. And those were the ones Europe, um, I want to say 1917, 1918, around mm -hmm. World War One, to help those folks over there with their farming. Yep, yep, and help with the food production, yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, now I saw on your YouTube too, which I thought this was pretty cool, you did a little study um, comparing running, I believe you did it on your Fortson and maybe your John Deere running those tractors on gasoline versus kerosene. Can you give us a brief overview on your findings from doing that? Yeah, so that was a fun project. Um, I, I had heard, you know, other um, enthusiasts saying, you know, back in the 40s or 50s or whenever these old tractors were, a lot of them were made to run on kerosene, including mm -hmm. the Fortson F and including that John Deere B that I had in the video. And I just plainly wanted to see how they would run on kerosene. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my uh, experiment wasn't overly scientific. I just wanted to introduce kerosene into the system and see if they would run and how they would run. And they run very well. The only, I guess, um, finding or the outcome of the experiment was that they tend to run a little bit hotter on kerosene mm -hmm. temperature wise. And um, I think the kerosene, I want to say the kerosene burned longer than gasoline, but now I can't remember. I think that's what you had said in that video. Yes. Is that yeah. longer? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really fun experiment. And uh, like I said, it was really interesting to me uh, when I made the switch over from gasoline to kerosene. I could not tell by the way the trap the tractor was running. It just it ran the same. Yeah, that's crazy. That is really cool. I enjoy that you did that. It's kind of cool the things that you've been able to do with these tractors and your vehicles. And I really enjoy too that you're documenting your journey. So good job with that. Thank you. I enjoy it. It's like it's a fun hobby. I bet. Okay, so while we're kind of talking about that, can you let everybody know where they can watch your videos or what name can they find your videos under? Um, it's on YouTube and the channel called Antique Cars and Stuff. And uh, yeah, please look that up. I, I really enjoy making the videos. I've gotten some positive feedback from the mm -hmm. videos from uh, people that watch them. And it's you know, like I said, I'm retired now, so it's something that I do for fun. It's a hobby, and uh, I like making the videos just as much as I, I like working on the old tractors. Yeah. yeah. Do you do your own, your own editing and everything for those two? I do. I wow. do all the filming yeah. myself and the editing. And um, as you know, editing takes a very long time. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know. Yes, it does.
So besides, you know, you, you're, you're, I'm doing the mechanical work and then you've got a camera, sometimes two cameras set up. Mm -hmm. So you're always having to monkey with them and get them in the right position, make sure the lighting is good and the audio is good. And then you have to get it onto the computer. And I don't know what the, the ratio is to like actual working on the tractor and, and editing, but I bet there's way more hours in editing. Oh, I would say probably. It's crazy, yes. It can take a yeah. long time to edit videos. Okay, so I know by looking at your list of what you've collected over the years, I would not say you are brand specific. But right. um, during like your collecting and working and restoring, have you found a brand that you think is easier to work on compared to another? That's a good question. Um, when it comes to the tractors, uh, I kind of gravitate to Ford and Farmall. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, I think they're both pretty straightforward as far as the ease of, of the mechanical work. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, I also am a fan of the Alice Chalmers. Those are very nice tractors. Pretty easy to work on them too. The John Deere's, I'm a fan of a John Deere, but they're, they're sort of a different animal. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I just, I've only owned one of those so far. I'd like to own more in the future. But to answer your question, I would say Ford and Formal, okay. mostly. Yeah, I have heard that before. And I've heard, like you had said, Alice Chalmers. A lot of people tend to kind of gravitate towards those too. Yeah. Okay, now I know you have a couple Farmall tractors too. Um, you have a Super A and a Cub. And yeah, right. you have a regular too, don't you? You have a 1927 Farmall regular. Correct. I did. I sold that one, but okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And when you got the regular, the twenty-seven regular, what kind of condition was that in, and what did you do to that? Yeah, it's fun because all these tractors that I get, they're all in different states when I find them. You know, uh, this one, this one had gotten a, a paint job, which is unusual for me. Most of the stuff I get is not pretty. Some of it is, but most of it isn't. This one had a good paint job on it. And the previous owner had rebuilt the entire engine and transmission, wow. uh, new wheels and tires, uh, you name it. And then he never started it. So wow. the tractor went to auction after that gentleman finished all that hard work. Mm -hmm. And then somebody bought it at auction and he never started it. He just put it in his collection. Oh my gosh. And then that's when I got it from that gentleman. Okay. And I got it back to my house and the first thing I wanted to do was start it to see yeah. if it actually runs. But I did my my standard inspection on it to, you know, see what kind of condition it was in. And then I did get it running after not too much work, but that's that was a big tractor. It's a heavy tractor, and it only had a hand crank in front. Okay. It was a very difficult tractor to hand crank versus a like a smaller, like a farm cover. Yes, yeah. Or a smaller tractor. It was just so big and stiff and to, to compound that the engine had just been rebuilt so it was all tight and it was very difficult to spin but uh, that was a fun project I really liked it well good I do like uh, older farmall tractors too I just like how they look so yeah that's cool um okay so out of the tractors that you have which ones do you use like regularly around your farm and which ones do you just kind of play with, essentially? Sure. Um, so I use my Ford 960 um, all the time for um, 
the brush cutting them on the fields. Okay. Um, I use the, we have a long driveway that runs out to the street. So it's kind of a big deal to take our garbage down to the street every week. So I use the farm all cub to run the garbage down to yeah. the street. And um, I also use that for pulling um, tree branches and things that we cut okay. down for property maintenance, just the smaller jobs. But we use the cub a lot. Uh, I use the Farmall Super A for um, uh, sort of rock dragging the front of our house. We have a mm -hmm. big area up front with the rocks. And every once in a while, you have to, um, you know, drag that and keep it smooth. Um, the Case DC that I've uh, just finished the project on recently, I've got a blade on the back of it. It's going to be my tractor for uh, grading the driveway, grading that long driveway that I mentioned. And then one of my newer purchases, the, the Ford uh, 1964 Ford 4000 with the front loader, I found that we use that all the time to lift things. Yeah. With my even with my other projects, you can lift engines with the with the loader. You can lift mm -hmm. heavy wheels or whatever the case may be. Uh, the ones that I don't use are the the Fordson F. It's just too old and yes, it's really impractical to try mm -hmm. to use it. Um, and the the Alice Chalmers WD forty five. It's a beautiful, powerful tractor i absolutely love it but i haven't found a use for it okay yet You'll so get it's, one. Probably the one that I use. <laughs> it's probably the one that i use the least okay well i'm sure you'll find a use one day yeah um saying that just kind of a fun fact with those tractors the wds were actually the first alice chalmers tractor that had power steer steering so that's kind of a cool fact about them i did not know that that is yeah. cool yeah. Um, okay. I want to go back to your case DC that you had mentioned. I know yes. I also saw when you were working on that one that you discovered a coolant leak. Can you kind of tell us how you figured that out, how you fixed it? What was your process for that? Well, that was a big, a big project. I just bought that tractor locally for super cheap. I thought I'd sort of hit, you know, the home run with that one. I got mm -hmm. it home and started up. I was able to drive and everything. And uh, as soon as the first time I got up to operating temperature, it started blowing a bunch of white smoke out the oh. stack, which is an indication of that it's burning coolant. Mm -hmm. And uh, I checked the oil and the oil was all milky and, it, you know, it wasn't, it didn't look like oil anymore. It was co totally contaminated with coolant. And then I checked inside the radiator and the radiator literally had, um, puddles of oil floating around oh, in, the, no. in the coolant. So there was massive cross-contamination there. So I was hoping it was just going to be a head gasket, but that mm -hmm. was not the case. It was actually the, that engine has sleeves in it, you know, cylinder sleeves that can mm -hmm. be removed. And those sleeves have um, uh, O-rings around the, the base of them to separate the uh, crankcase from the coolant, from the water jacket area. And there was, I think, two or three of those that were bad. They had chunks oh, missing man. in them. So that's where the cross-contamination was coming okay. in. And that, uh, Yeah, that would be quite the project. It was. It was a difficult project, and uh, it was hard to get parts for that one. Yeah. It, it took me probably three, maybe four months to find all the parts that I needed, okay. and then another three or four months to get it fixed. Yeah, that's quite the project for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, you never know. Sometimes you think you may be getting a deal, but you just never know sometimes. <laughs> okay, so outside of that, do you still have all three engines that you told us about? All three, yes, I do. Okay. I have, yeah, go ahead. What gave you the interest to buy those? Well, if you if we talk about the um, 1923 Fairbanks Morse hit and miss, those, again, those are completely impractical. They're not much use in the modern era for, yes. for much, but they're super cool. You know, they're, they're a great conversation piece. Hit and miss engine. I got that from a good friend's father who was a collector of hit and miss stationary engines, and he mm -hmm. was downsizing his collection. And I was just in the right place at the right time, and he made me a good deal on it, and I just had to have it. It's just so cool. You know, they're not super practical to use these days for much yeah. of anything, but it's they're really cool. They're a great conversation piece. And this one runs, still runs great. Did it run when you got it then, I assume? It did, yeah. Okay. He, he did a great job of maintaining all his engines, and all I had to do is keep maintaining it, and it yeah. was great. Yeah. So how often would you say you get that out and run it? Do you run it like a couple times a year or? Pretty much. It's yeah. it's in my shop where I see it every day when I go out there. So I can enjoy it just mm -hmm. by looking at it. But I only start it up a couple times a year just okay. to make sure that it's still good, you know? Yes. Okay. Now, the other two that you have is you have a 37 May Tag washing machine engine. How did you come across that? Uh, one of the things I like to do is go to swap meets and estate sales and things. And this was at a swap meet. Um, it was pretty bad condition. The guy didn't want a lot of money for it. So I took a chance on it, not knowing anything about it. Um, the motor did spin when I bought it. So at least I knew it wasn't stuck. But uh, I got it back home, got it running pretty much right away. And then I, I thought it would be fun to do. I'm not a big restoration type guy. I like mm -hmm. to fix things and make things work. But I don't restore many things. Okay. But that little engine I thought would be a fun restoration project, and it was. I, I took it completely apart and um, cleaned it thoroughly and did the engine work to it, put it back together and painted it, and it's a it's a nice-looking little engine. Well, that's awesome. Good. And it's unique. You know, a lot of people didn't even know those engines existed. They're yes, fun. Yes, a lot. Yep, they are unique. We sell a lot of, like, vintage washing machines and parts, and actually... Um, nope. Let's see, a year ago, two years ago now, we sold a very big like Maytag collection. So yeah, there is some of that stuff out there, but you don't always see it, that's for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, now the last one you had was the Army Generator. Do you still have that? You said yes, I believe, I, okay. I do still have it. And how did you come across that one? That one I found uh, locally on Facebook Marketplace. So, you know, like I said, I checked the, the, the the ads a lot. And that was, um, that was another thing I kind of took a chance on. I didn't know much about it and neither did the person that I bought it from. They didn't know much about it. They just had it sitting in the corner of the garage collecting dust. So I brought it home and kind of went through it and checked all the systems and got it running. Um, it doesn't really match the rest of my stuff. I don't know if I'd consider that an antique, but 1967 is still old. And um, it's still pretty cool. And this one is neat because it's in very original condition. Uh, nobody has messed with it or modified it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's pretty high on the cool factor. You know, it's still painted army green and it's two cylinder and it's, uh, it's just a different, 
um, it's just a different type of engine that uh, it was fun to work on. I bet. Well, cool. Okay, yeah. so I've got to ask you, you're kind of unique to the people that we generally talk to, because a lot of people that we interview and talk to, they grew up in the hobby, or their grandfather collected, or they had some tie to the collecting world. Do you have any recommendations or suggestions for somebody who maybe doesn't have that tie, but would be interested in getting started in the collecting hobby? Um, yeah, if we're talking about tractors or even old cars, um, find something. Well, it's best to have, it's best to get started in the hobby, in my opinion, through a friend. So somebody mm -hmm. that can guide you on your first purchase. Um, you, it's pretty tough if you just go out blind and try to buy something that you don't know about on your own. Mm -hmm. But if you can have somebody help you with that first purchase and just sort of, you know, get you going. Um, and then from there, all it takes is a little bit of passion and, and patience. And, uh, and, um, yeah, for me, I got hooked right away on it. So that's yeah. what I would say, you know, get somebody to help you with that first purchase. Yes. I think that's a very good recommendation. I think that does make a big difference. If you have somebody there to kind of help you that knows a little bit about what yeah is going on. Okay. So I guess my last question then for you is going to be. In each category, so what you collect, cars, tractors, engines, do you have what is like the next item on your bucket list that you would like to try and buy? In each category? Yes. You said? Yep. yep. Um, well, uh, as far as the antique cars go, I'd like to uh, venture out away from the Fords for, for okay. something different. And mm -hmm. I've seen an old um chevrolet from the from the 20s um a friend of mine has one of those that's really that's really interesting and it's a completely different animal from the ford so mm -hmm. like the old an old chevy antique right. chevy someday um as far as tractors um there's fordson major e27n mm -hmm. is kind of a dream tractor that i'd like to find someday but i've never even seen one of those in person i think yeah, they're mostly over in Europe, you know, mm -hmm. um, but they're just absolutely beautiful to me anyway. And uh, I'll keep my eye out for that. There you go. <laughs> the engines, the engines, you know, maybe another hit and miss someday, but um, um, no rush on that. That'll be low priority. Yeah. Well, good. Okay. Well, I lied. I kind of have one more question. With okay. cars, now that you said that, I noticed up until you've been working on the Jeep, all of them are pre-1930. Do you prefer the like not pre nineteen thirty vehicles? I would say, for the most part, yes. Okay. I find them, I find them more interesting just because mm -hmm. they're sort of primitive, you know. Yes. And um, I am no mechanical genius, so uh, the simpler the better. Mm -hmm. You know, and those old cars are very simple to work on. Um, so yeah, I gravitate towards the antiques, but I still like the 19, uh, 30s, 40s and 50s cars too. I had a 56 Chevy Bel Air that I absolutely okay. loved. Um, and this, this Willie's Jeep is fun to work on, mm -hmm. but generally I, I prefer the antiques just cause they're more interesting to me. Yeah, I understand that. I think that, yeah, I just think they're cool. And I also think it's awesome when people like you 
buy them and preserve their history too. So that's great. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was great to learn about your items. And like I said, I kind of enjoy seeing the perspective of somebody who didn't grow up in the hobby. So I appreciate you coming on here with us today. Very good. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You can find all your source material for our episodes on our website, oldirongarage.com. We encourage everyone to join us on Old Iron Garage and connect with other collectors. Again, we'd like to thank Eric for joining us today. We really enjoyed seeing his collection and learning about his restorations. You can find Eric on YouTube and TikTok by searching Antique Cars and Stuff. Don't forget you can submit your collection photos to info at oldirongarage.com to be featured at the end of our episodes. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or would like to join us on a future episode of Old Iron Talk. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.